0: Today's show is brought to you by my friends at Winefellas. Winefellas is your wine club for small allocation, hard to find natural wines from around the world. They specialize in organic and biodynamic wines that are made using traditional winemaking methods but with minimal intervention. They're free of added sugar and chemical additives. They're low in sulfites. They're bottlings the wine world describes as quote, natural wines. These are wines as they were meant to be enjoyed with nothing standing between you and pure expressive fruit what i love most about Wine Fellows aside from the fact that they only source the best natural wines in the world but they also go the extra mile by giving you a fact sheet on each bottle that contains authentic alcohol content residual sugars sulfur dioxide and parts per million ph and acidity Learn more about Winefellas by visiting them at Winefellas.com, that's W-I-N-E-F-E-L-L-A-S.com, and be sure to use the code FEDANDFIT for $10 off your first wine club shipment. Welcome back to another episode of the Fed and Fit Podcast. I am your host, Cassie Joy Garcia, and I'm so excited to have you here, welcoming dear friend and trusted mentor, Liz Wolf, back onto the show. Today, we're talking about pregnancy best practices, and just in case you missed part one, today I will reread you her bio and I'll reintroduce you to her, but I also recommend that you listen to that first episode. There's gonna be a lot of good nuggets there as well. So to tell you briefly, Liz is an author, podcaster, parent, and nutritional therapy practitioner who is passionate about real food, safe beauty, and healthy families. She's the author of the Wall Street Journal bestseller, Eat the Yolks, the purely primal skincare guide, and she's currently working, three years now in, on a comprehensive program called Baby Making and Beyond, which will give parents and parents to be everything they need to know on how to thrive through fertility, pregnancy, and parenthood. Welcome to the show, Liz. Hi, how are you? Good, you did (laughs) such a good job of sounding fresh. (laughs) In all honesty, we record these back to back, so I applaud you for that. I have no smoke and mirrors here. I
1: like to
0: share it all. Oh man. Okay. I'm excited about today's episode. Again, this is another one of those things where I've had questions and I try to limit when I uh, reach out to Liz, just because, you know, you don't want to be that person that's texting constantly. What do you think about this?
1: You can be that person, Cassie, of anyone. You can be (laughs) that person.
0: I've done it on occasion. Um, but we're gonna talk about pregnancy best practices today, and which is very apropos, I am currently with baby in Belly, and so I have I have had to learn a lot of this, and there's you know, <clears throat> something about this this industry in this world, I was decidedly ignorant going <laughs> into it in a lot of ways. Um I knew I knew enough to be dangerous, <laughs> right? <laughs> Because part of that is my job, um, you know, as a nutrition consultant and just being aware of the body in general. I, 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 knew I knew a good amount, but not to the not to the level of curiosity that I would want to apply to my own experience. If that makes any sense, yeah. Um, in terms of detailed perspectives and something like I said in the last episode, that Liz I've always admired about her work is she does a really wonderful job. If there's a question that's on the top of um, gosh, I don't know why I'm thinking, why this image came to mind, but an obelisk, you know, you're imagining like the Washington Monument, and there's a little question up there, and she will research <laughs> all four corners of that thing and really build it from the ground up and understand the complete landscape of, you know, how can this question be answered across all these different pieces, all these different sources, and then what you do is you sift through that information, you take your time with it, um, and you always provide really thoughtful, Uh, balanced answers when folks have questions so um, I'm excited to introduce you as a resource for this okay so pregnancy best practices Um, this is of course a curiosity for folks who are either with baby or about to get pregnant maybe they've already had kids um, and they really are just curious in general because some things have changed you know my mom for example uh, the body is the same in a lot of ways, um, but what we understand of the body is very different and has evolved in a, in a really cool way, so I think everybody's a curiosity point. What would you say are some big myths, I like to phrase it this way just because it's an interesting way to look at it, but what do you think are some of the biggest myths with regard to pregnancy in general from a holistic nutrition perspective um, and really preparing our bodies to make the healthiest
1: baby? Okay. So this one might make me a few friends. <laughs> I'm not sure. But so in our previous episode, we talked about preconception stuff. And preconception is when I kind of support people being a little crazy, like, yeah, get, get the liver in, do all the things. But then once you're pregnant, I, I feel like a myth is that compliance is critical all the time. We get so kind of obsessed in the holistic community with, you have to take this every day and do this and do this and do this. And really, it ends up being more stressful and more detrimental probably than than the alternative. Because the fact is, people have really amazingly healthy babies all the time without <laughs> ever thinking about any of the stuff that we think about like re- replaying in our heads on a day-to-day basis. So... I feel like pregnancy is a time where you can... I don't want to say be a little looser, but you can make very intentional and targeted compromises that are not going to be detrimental to your health or your pregnancy. Obviously, everyone is different. But one of the things that I like to tell folks is like if you feel like all you can stomach is pizza then go get a pizza. Make it a darn good pizza. Make mm-hmm. it, you know, make it at home if you can with, you know, flour, water, and grass-fed cheese, and some, you know, pepperoni from the local farm, uncured pepperoni, that type of thing. Um, well, I probably shouldn't have said uncured pepperoni. Now I made a whole another like, <laughs> open up another can of worms, we'll say, with veggies, and yeah. But I think treating is totally appropriate during pregnancy. The energy demands are ridiculously high, yet you're tired. So a lot of the times packing in like a lot of carb, fat, and protein in one meal with something like pizza or something like some really good high quality ice cream is not a bad idea. I mean, I really don't want my mama's just obsessing over eating nothing but liver and salad. Just makes me sad mm-hmm
0: absolutely in those first few months I in that first trimester but like, I I mean I'm gonna just throw this out there I don't know if this is basic fact at all <laughs> really it's just opinion but from what I haven't seen most people encounter the most severe symptoms in that first trimester yeah um, which is usually for me I was the most surprised by it right because <clears throat> I wasn't used to being pregnant And then all of a sudden, I wasn't used to having symptoms on top of that. Mm -hmm. And I had just come off of this preconception, like you're saying, really preparing my body and being very intentional about what I put in it and on it, being very careful. And then all of a sudden, I had migraines that hit Mm -hmm. me like a ton of bricks. And it not only took me out of the game for my work, But it also, it it mentally exhausted me to the point where I couldn't even think about how to build a healthy plate. And I would just need, if I need, I just needed food. Yeah. You know, you get to that point. And um, what I happened to have in the house at the time was a lot of gluten-free graham crackers. And so it was one of those, it was one of those Amazon orders where you accidentally click, send me 12 cases instead of 12 (laughs) 12 boxes kind of deal. Oops. Whoopsies! Um, and so anyway so it was just kind of that I had to I had to come to terms with myself it's going to be fine I'm just going to eat because I need to get through this um, and do well where I can yeah but at the end of the day understanding that stress has a bigger impact stressing over what I'm not eating probably has a bigger impact than what I'm not eating
1: Well, I think also in the, in our community, we have a lot of people that are really, really tuned in that like, sometimes there's something going on that I need to, you know, figure out and I need to fix it. But that can also be, there's always anything in the entire world. There's like the evil doppelganger version and like the good, healthy, like happy version. There's Mm -hmm. always that, um, spectrum. So, understanding that sometimes we can target certain things nutritionally sometimes underlying causes are missed in the medical community that's one side the other side of that is ascribing meaning and in particular failure to every symptom that you have as someone who is tuned into their nutrition so mm-hmm. one of the things that i've really struggled with would be like an example i so i have morning sickness what's the nutritional deficiency? What did I not do? I have to figure this out. What is it? What is it? What is it? And it goes around and around and around in your head and it becomes a huge stressor. Sometimes weird stuff happens and we don't know why. Like we talk about H. pylori causing morning sickness. We talk about needing B6 or certain metabolic chain reactions needing to be supported by different nutrients. Honestly, like, fine if you can take some B6 and it feels better great if you can take some loratadine and your stomach feels better from that awesome if that stuff doesn't work and you just have some morning sickness shit gets weird when you're pregnant <laughs> and it gets even weirder when the baby's born i've had i've had I had to learn this again after my baby was born. Like my kid would get a rash and I'd be like, oh my gosh, what is this? What am I doing wrong? Googling all day, spending a bajillion dollars on Amazon with a million different things that I thought would fix the problem. And finally, my friend Christine just said, Liz, kids get weird rashes. (laughs) Leave it alone. Like just give yourself some grace and eat a pizza. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: I love it. I love that the migraine. I, I was desperate. I, I I went through that. You know the liquid chlorophyll mm-hmm. and the magnesium, and going through all of the different scenarios in my mind. And after I tried and exhausted the seeing a chiropractor and getting massages and all of those things, <clears throat> assessing down to the micronutrient scale. You know, to your point. And at the end of the day, as soon as I entered that second trimester, like you know, my mom would have told me, um, the symptoms subsided, at least yep. for me. Yep. And so I'm with you there. Eat a pizza. It'll all be yep. okay. <laughs> okay. Um, what are some foods to focus on during pregnancy in general? I'm sure that there's going to be a little overlap with what we talked about on the last episode of preconception best practices. Um, but what do you think is important? And I especially want to pay mine to something that I didn't Uh, I failed to mention in the last one, or failed to prompt, was about carbohydrates and fruit in general. I think Mm -hmm. that there is a general fear of carbs. It's not as prevalent now as maybe it was a couple years ago, but with folks coming, maybe maybe they are new to real food and paleo via an introduction through an elimination diet, Um, and through that, it may have accidentally been a little low carb, may have been strategically low fruit, um I would love it if you could also touch on that when it comes to pregnancy nutrition best practices.
1: I love fruit. I think fruit is actually pro fertility, pro health in pregnancy, pro everything. Um so I actually like I know there's been a lot of focus on oh eat starchy starches or you know uh sweet potatoes on a paleo diet, avoid fruit, fruits like dessert, blah blah blah. And I I'd fully disagree with that. Fruit is delicious. I don't think it's advisable for anyone to eat like 10 mangoes in a day. I think that <laughs> that's just a lot of mangoes and not a lot of diversity and and whatever. But um, I think that fruit has a ton of micronutrients that are really important. I think it supplies a good ratio of sugar types to the body that you don't necessarily get from a sweet potato. And so I think keeping all of those things in the rotation is a really good idea. And I think that the root of a lot of it is a fear of fructose. And I think that fear is generally unfounded, at least um, in the context of having like a couple pieces of fruit a day. Of course, you need to pay attention to how your body feels. And, um, you know, if your apple sends you on a blood sugar roller coaster, then we actually probably need to look at why you can't even tolerate an apple. It's probably not the apple that's the problem. But I think carbs are number one very important in pregnancy, the fetus needs glucose. And I, I just don't want people to be, to be afraid of it. I do want people to avoid processed foods where I think sugar, trans fats, additives, stabilizers are really a big problem. But I would never give somebody a hard time for having a few pieces of fruit every day.
0: Yeah, how about um the equivalent of two pomegranates a day?
1: <laughs> that's the stage I'm in. <laughs> two, pom- two, two PAD, two pomegranates a day. I like it. I think it's totally fine.
0: Oh, that's my yeah, that's my personal game. Um well that's that's wonderful. And i it's springing this question on you, but does nutrition do, do our nutritional needs vary from trimester to trimester?
1: Uh they do. I wouldn't say they a daily mixed diet just tends to vary in a way that supplies those needs, I think, fairly well. So I think it's not something I love for people to micromanage, especially if they're already doing getting some DHA from sardines or salmon and fish oil if you take it, that type of thing. So yes, they do vary, probably not to the degree you need to micromanage it. Okay,
0: so what are some big missed opportunities that you would think looking back
1: on um, pregnancies in general and the approach that folks have? So I feel like I was going to, I feel like I jotted down a different response, but I feel like I'm going to just hammer this in again. Missed opportunities is giving yourself a little bit of freedom within a healthy context when you're pregnant. Again, I think people get so obsessed with eating a certain way based on I don't want to say dogma, but certain criterion that people like me put out, you know, in and as kind of like a a good baseline. And they're so worried about, well, I ate my two eggs and spinach for breakfast and I ate my salad for lunch and I ate my, you know, sweet potato and chicken for dinner. When really like a, a dish of ice cream would add a little bit of good, healthy fat, some good carbs there, and some much needed pleasure to the equation. So I think getting a little too strict and a little too worried in pregnancy is probably a really big missed opportunity, quite frankly, above maybe most of the others that I could that I could talk about. And the holistic community is pretty dialed in to the baseline, you know, what needs to be maintained for general health. And I think in pregnancy, you know, have some, have a little bit of fun. Just don't eat any trans fats. <laughs> <laughs> don't eat the trans fats. Yeah.
0: Um, <clears throat> I love that. Something, I don't think she coined the term, but Brianna Battles, I think I might have um, sent her your way at one point yes, in time. Yes, you did. She, I don't think she coined the term, but she says it often, is that pregnancy is temporary and postpartum is forever. Mm-hmm. And yes. I I love that when it comes to the approach of nutrition, preparing our bodies, giving our bodies grace for what they're going through. And I've spoken to a couple women via a reverse interview for the podcast uh, that had come on in that first trimester phase specifically, right, where the body's starting to change. And if this is your first pregnancy, it's the first time your body has changed. And let's say you've been following this real food mixed fitness program. You've really felt like you've dialed it in, you know, dialed in what your body needs in order to feel and thrive your best. And then all of a sudden your body starts to change in those first couple months before you have a noticeable baby belly. And it, cause it's a total mindset. It just turns it upside down um, in terms of you want to troubleshoot it. Am I doing something wrong because my hips are growing, but my belly's not, you know, and it, and it just, it it feeds negative body image issues and all this kind of stuff. And I just, I want to reiterate it in today's show that you're definitely not alone, I think in going through that, but something to touch on Liz's point is just to remember that, you know, It's okay to break the chains of this dietary perfectionism going into pregnancy Yes, as that's mirrored by our changing bodies. You know, we need to evolve as the chemistry on almost every level has changed.
1: Yes, 100%. The Beatles song, or is it Beatles, Let It Be? Yes. Like, you just got to let it be.
0: Hmm. I love it. Let it be, and then all of a sudden, the baby belly will pop out, and you'll remember why your body's changing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love that. That's wonderful. I think this is a great spot to stop and hear from one of our sponsors. Fab Fit Fun is a seasonal subscription box with full sized beauty, fitness, fashion, and lifestyle products. Four times a year, you have the ability to customize the products or choose to be surprised. This is a great way to indulge in some of the very best products that are hot right now. I really feel like these boxes help keep me current. They retail for $49.99, but are packed with premium products valued at over $200. I am always genuinely blown away by the quality of the products. You can use the coupon code FEDFIT, one word, F-E-D-F-I-T, for $10 off your first box at www.fabfit com Again, use the coupon code FEDFIT for $10 off your first box at www.fabfitfun.com. And then this is a question that I get a lot as well, and I would love it if you could share some thoughts on it, but how much does weight gain really matter? That seems to be something that a lot of women fixate on. I've actually been really careful about not sharing that information mm-hmm. because I don't think it's relevant as far as what my experience has been and what other women will go through. Maybe in hindsight I can go back and share if I find a way to wrap my mind around it in a really positive way. Mm -hmm. Um, Not that I've struggled with it. I just – you know, I also don't want to share what my deadlift max was, you know, a couple years ago because I don't <laughs> want people thinking that that's as a, by any me- measure of a standard,
1: if that makes sense. A Comparison,
0: yeah. Yeah, exactly. So how much does weight gain really matter through pregnancy? You go to the doctor, women are taking off their shoes, hopping on yeah. the scale yeah. and, and concerned.
1: So there's definitely a subset of women who gain an unhealthy amount of weight and there's something medical going on there. There's some kind of underlying medical thing that does need to be addressed just because of certain risk factors that we know are, are present. Now, w- what's unfortunate is that we've applied this kind of standard to everyone. It's kind of like a BMI where it's like, oh, if you're this BMI, you are overweight. Well, what if I'm, you know, I don't You know, know, there, there are a million different things that could be going on there. And then many people are perfectly healthy and have a BMI that's off of the scale. So the unfortunate thing is women come in and just based on a number on the scale and a a trajectory of weight gain, they are kind of put in this category of at risk when truly they're not. And at the same time, there are other women who worry only about weight gain as if it's some kind of measure of how healthy they are in, I guess, the context of not wanting to gain weight. So, oh gosh, I gained more than this many without even thinking about, well, how healthy am I right now? So I tend to think as long as you are feeling pretty good, as good as you can feel as a pregnant person, some people feel better than others, as long as you're feeling okay and you're eating enough and there's no, you know, swelling and everything looks great with the baby, et cetera, et cetera. I think a watch and wait, strategy is perfectly appropriate. I don't want people to get too afraid. I want people to kind of keep their eye on the prize, which is, um, you know, low stress, good sleep, eating as best you can and treating with where appropriate with healthy type treats or, you know, I don't want to say paleo friendly treats, but you know what I mean? You can, you can compare two labels on ice cream cartons and see which one has three ingredients and which one's had, which one has 55 and they're mostly stabilizers and guar gum. So yeah, that's, it's difficult to answer that question definitively. I don't want to say I wouldn't worry about it. I don't want to say I would, but I do want people to feel comfortable in their own innate body wisdom if they are told by a practitioner that there's a problem because often there's not Mm -hmm. being as unprescriptive as they possibly can there. (laughs) You did a good job. And I think the body often kind of accumulates what it needs to accumulate. You know, I think some people need to gain more weight than somebody else. I mean, where you start is not an indicator of where you should be when you get pregnant. You know what I mean? A lot of women get pregnant, maybe they're 20 pounds underweight and their trajectory looks different than if they had been at their um, healthiest weight before getting pregnant. So there are a lot of different factors to consider. And hopefully folks have uh, practitioners that are understanding and are willing to have these conversations.
0: That's great. That's really wonderful. And keep looking. If you aren't finding a practitioner, I just want to touch on that. That's really helping to offer good perspective and answering the questions that you're you're actually asking. Um, I would keep your ear to the ground and keep asking, asking for references, try to find somebody that they're out there. I just kind of want to reassure folks. Okay, so um, this next question is uh, one of the last ones, and I'm really curious. Every time I had a new decision to make with regard to the pregnancy. I wanted to invite Liz on the podcast <laughs> and be like, "And today's episode is all about the blood glucose tests <laughs> because I wanted to hear Liz's thoughts on it." Um, but what I have learned now, we're four weeks away from baby girl's due date. And I have been through, there's no substitute for doing your own research. There really isn't. And there's no substitute for going through it and understanding that you don't know what you don't know and that's okay and you have you will be able to research it. You're going to trust your instinct and you're going to find answers that are applicable to you and your family. There are a sea of decisions to make with pregnancy and then even more now that we're, we've chosen the pediatrician and we're brainstorming what kind of care we want for our little nugget once she's here. You know, there's so many decisions to make once the babies are here. Um, Do you have any sort of advice for folks who are looking to navigate those decisions gracefully those sort of those what kind of a birth do I want to have what Mm -hmm. kind do do I want to use um pain medications you know what is what are the right answers like I said there's no substitute for doing your own research and making your own decisions um and that being said though sometimes you just want to know that there is here here's a path of um some common thoughts and some folks who maybe identify with the way that we approach our life in other
1: ways does that make yeah. any
0: sense? I talked to No, yeah,
1: I, it does. And what's one of the things that we wanted to do with Baby Making and Beyond is not, we, we didn't, so yeah, we come from the like evolutionary fitness and wellness community where we have an eye toward, you know, evolutionary biology, how we evolve to eat and move and birth. But we didn't want to serve up this platter of like give birth in the forest. You know what I mean? We didn't want to, we want to give people the best ways to optimize every uh, different path they could choose. So if you want a hospital birth with an epidural, these are some optimization practices. If you want a home birth, here are some things that you want probably want to keep in mind. Um, we support all different paths. And I think a problem that I faced when I was pregnant is that I felt like I should want as someone who follows a lot of evolutionarily minded people who are geniuses um, watching what they were doing. um, I felt, well, I should want like a home or an unmedicated like home birth, right? Or an unmedicated birth with a midwife because I have found, this is really interesting to me. I have found that uh, midwives are often the ones practicing the most evidence based care Hmm. because they're focused can be on evidence-based care, whereas a lot of OBs are kind of, I don't want to say stuck in a bureaucracy, but they are beholden to hospital administrators and hospital policy. And so I've found that it's almost easier to find a a midwife that's practicing evidence-based care. They're usually backed by amazing OBs who endorse their means of conducting their practice, It's easier to find that than it is to do it the opposite way and you know, just vet every OB in town. But that's that that's just here. That's just where I live in Kansas City. There are many, many OBs that practice like evidence-based care all over the country. You just have to ask the, the right questions. So I went on a tangent there. But anyway, the point is there are many ways to do this. And my challenge was thinking I should do it a certain way because I am part of a certain community. And when in my heart and later on my body were both telling me different things. So unfortunately, I think because of the, the sense that I had adopted from the community that I am in professionally, I felt wrong about the idea of a hospital birth. And I learned through the process of birthing my daughter that the hospital is a very safe place to give birth. You can feel safe there, it's okay to feel safest in a hospital. It's okay to feel safest with an epidural. However you want to birth, it needs to be where you feel safest. And at the same, not not what somebody in your community thinks you should do or what somebody else tells you is the most evidence-based way to do it. You look at all your options, you evaluate what's going to make you feel most safe, and then you make adjustments as needed. Say you find an OB that will do, you know, the hospital birth because that's where you feel the most safe, but that OB him or herself doesn't make you feel safe, then you switch OBs. You know what I'm saying? So you have to make little adjustments along the way to get to that feeling of safety. But at the same time, you also, I feel like, have to be willing to flex. So you have to be willing to plan or be open to whatever path this takes you on while being ready to set aside fear, sometimes for the sake of expediency, because sometimes you're deep in labor and you find out the plans have to change. Um, Other times, just for the sake of your own damn cortisol release. You have to just be willing to say, I know there might be fear along the way and I'm going to sit with it and move through it instead of try and run from it, try and deny it, and then it gets stronger. So now I'm rambling a little bit.
0: I love it. No, I think that's a great topic. Well, it's, I like it because it's very appropriate to exactly where I'm at right now, you know, considering hospital wishes Mm -hmm. and something that I'm, and I think we, you and I, I may have shared this with you before, but when it comes to a birth plan, quote unquote, I've been asked by a lot of folks if I'm going to share my birth plan on the blog. And the truth of the matter is, I, I, this is going to sound kind of ugly and I'll clarify, but I don't really have one. Mm-hmm. I consider it more of birth wishes. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, these are some things that would be nice. Um, and at the same time, there's a, like, just like we've, I've said a couple of times, we don't know what we don't know. Yeah. Never been through this. My body hasn't been through this. I fully trust and believe in my body's ability. Right. But yeah, I, there's a, there's a lot we don't know. Um, and so just kind of hitting the balls that are thrown at us. Um, but anyways, it's interesting because, approaching it from that perspective in a lot of ways because even though there's more question marks in my quote approach it it actually relieves a lot of stress Yeah, because it gives me the opportunity to
1: say it's okay yeah whatever well that's true open-heartedness and I think that's so my feeling was always I have to have everything spelled out I have to do it this way and mm-hmm. everybody you know I came at this at the beginning from really a place of fear and I didn't even realize it. I felt like, you know, the big birth system is against me and I have to have everything spelled out and everything's got to go this way or it's not going to be okay. And at the same time, I'm thinking, okay, if I do plan really, really stringently, then everything will go the way I've decided it should go. And the reality is like we're organisms, we're not machines. Things change, people around us change, you know, and being truly open-hearted in the birth process, I think, is really about having an idea of the way you'd want it to go, but not being so attached to it that you become brittle and unable to bend.
0: I love that. That's beautifully put. And when it comes to other decisions that you'll make, I mean, they they increase in complexity and in significance through the pregnancy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you start off making a decision about... I can't even remember what some of the initial
1: decisions were. Jeez, um, me neither.
0: Gosh, gosh, you know, if you, certain blood tests that you can have at the very mm-hmm. beginning, right? At certain ages and weeks, ultrasounds, you know, are you opting for these ultrasounds that are recommended? Those kind of relatively minor decisions, right? That might have indirect, um, I guess, implications on your health and whatever. And it, it, and then they increase in directness, I guess, in terms of implications on health. And I think that it equips us to build that muscle over those 40 weeks mm-hmm. um, to really be prepared to approach these decisions with more grace. If you go into it with that perspective of knowing that it's a muscle you have to build. Yes. Um,
1: these are new muscles. These are... <laughs> and we are slowly building them and utilizing them. Absolutely. I love this analogy.
0: Yeah. So, and, and we're definitely not there. I mean, we're, like I said, we're thinking about what kind of care we want for um, our daughter, you know, medical care, and we have to make all kinds of decisions with regard to that. And that's a very direct implication. So um, give you, i love that giving yourself grace, do your, do your research, follow with what resonates with you, um, Cause that's going to be different. And I, this is a little woo woo, <laughs> but um, I love that. You know, I do. I do. I know you do. Um, but I mean, my, my personal inclination is I, I'm inclined to believe that you are given a set of instincts that by some kind of magic, matches a lot of unknown needs about you and -hmm. about your baby and so it's okay in a lot of ways to just trust your gut do your best research get all that information that you feel like you really need exhaust those resources and at the end of the day do what feels right by you Mm -hmm. um, by head and heart so I think that's wonderful. Um, what, speaking of resources, what resources out there do you recommend aside from baby making and beyond when it's available? Um, which, like I said, and the last one, I'll shout it from all the rooftops and send out smoke signals, <laughs> carrier pigeons, everyone's getting something. Ravens. <laughs> Ravens, exactly. Um, what other resources are out there that you've really come to trust?
1: You know, I really like uh, Mama Natural's stuff. She kind of, she, Skews very holistic and kind of crunchy, but I still think her her um suite of resources is a really good counterpoint, if not even counterpart, to a lot of what's kinda already there and being packaged up and given to us in the mainstream. So I don't think it would surprise anyone to say I'm not a huge fan of like what to expect when you're expecting for you know, I mean the whole thing isn't garbage, but it's it is what it is. Um, but I think that her perspective plus that perspective is really good. You can kind of learn from both and and fall somewhere in the middle, um, or wherever is appropriate for you, whatever makes you feel safest and, and most secure in your journey. But I really feel like honestly, that baby making and beyond is going to be that, that thing that kind of brings it all together. That's why I'm doing it because I didn't, Find it anywhere when I was pregnant or thinking about having a baby. So I want everybody to f- know the ways to optimize their decisions, no matter what those decisions are.
0: Oh my gosh, that's so exciting! <laughs> I cannot wait. Oh man, it is. It, it it's it's definitely needed, and I can't wait to see what all. I know how much love and care you've put into it. Um, is we joked a little bit that it's three years into working on it, but that's because. Uh, it has, Liz has not approached it
1: as a fleeting task. (laughs) Yeah. No stone unturned. I didn't want to just be, I I didn't want to just, Hey, this is what all of the other people in the community are saying. Let me put it all in one place. I wanted to really understand everything for myself and have scientists and women with me on the journey um, to put it together. So I just don't think there's anything else like it out there. I can't
0: wait okay so remind folks where they can find you and all of your work and then how they can get on the list to hear first about baby making and beyond
1: yes so I'm most active on Instagram real food Liz on Instagram you can find me there I do try and reply to messages I, I get a lot of them so sometimes it takes a couple days but that's a good place to find me and you can sign up for updates on baby making and beyond at baby making and beyond.com we will hopefully do a beta release release and I think we'll include folks from that mailing list in the beta release. So it's a good place to sign up.
0: Woo! That's so exciting. I will be on that list, Sweet. diving in and, you know, i have a baby. and.
1: So I'll when be- are we going to talk about parenthood? That's that's what I want to talk about. Oh my
0: gosh! Next episode. Okay.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Part three.
0: I'll let you sleep between now and then, though.
1: Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta get it. my my mind back. I've used all my neurons for the day.
0: <laughs> I, at four thirty p.m., where I think both of us are at, I think decision fatigue has officially yep. set in. Where, yep. I, where I'm at, um, Liz. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your words of wisdom and thoughts. And thank um, you some of your research. Really appreciate it. I know it's really valuable and I trust recommending folks to you. So in case, y'all, you you guys ask me a lot who, where can I go to find information and Liz is definitely my go-to. So reach out to her, lean on her guides, and definitely dive into baby making and beyond when it's available. As always, I will include links to everything discussed. So Liz on Instagram and then of course um, Baby Making and Beyond's website where you can go and get signed up on the waiting list and hear first about the beta release Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Liz. Thank you, my dear. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun and everybody else uh, As always you can find a full transcript of today's show over at bed and we will be back again next week